Hi, everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature, where two of us love YA, and one, she just doesn't, and it's sad. But I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA. I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I don't like YA. That's a big, fat lie. What? (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to see if you'd notice. (laughs) I noticed. We noticed. I was just trying to take Sarah's part, and I thought maybe if I said I didn't like YA, she would be forced to say that she loved YA because no. two no, of she us. just gave you stare. <laughs> <laughs> I do not love YA. It but was, my name is Sarah. You got that part right. It was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was my trick, and it didn't work. <laughs> what are we currently reading, ladies? Well, I just finished The Drowned Woods by Emily Lloyd-Jones which is a companion novel to one of her other novels, The Bone Houses, which I loved. Oh, I love that too. Is it good? So, of course, I loved this one too. It has more Welsh mythology and folklore and is set in the same world as The Bone Houses, but it's about Mare, a water diviner who has spent years on the run after escaping the prince who had bound her to his service. But now Mare's old handler, Renfrew, has found her and having also freed himself from the prince's service, wants Mare to use her powers to help bring the prince down. There's way more to this story than just that, and additional characters, including a corgi who may or may not be a spy for the Fae. Oh, It was really good. I liked it. Do any of the characters from the Bone Houses show up? No, and I'm not going to tell you how it's related because you won't That's find fine. that out for... That's fine. I was just curious if characters show up. Okay. What are you reading? So I just finished... A Dark and Starless Forest by Sarah Hollowell. This is, um, it's a debut novel. And it's set, uh, it's by Derry and her eight siblings. There's eight girls. Well, siblings, because there's the trans and non-binary characters as well. And they live in this isolated house by a lake. And they have magic. And the guy that they live with who has taken them in, um, he's an older gentleman, and he tells them, you know, the world hates magicians, and he, they, they're going to, I'm protecting you, and he's raising them and keeping them safe. And um, one of the sisters disappears into the forest, and then another sister disappears into the forest, and Derry is trying to find what happened to them, and she goes into the forest, and there's magic in the forest that makes her magic stronger, and, like... That's what it it says it's about. (laughs) And that's kind of what it's about. But it's really about emotional abuse and trauma and yikes. All like it was much heavier than I thought it was going to be. And it definitely reads like a first novel. It's it's good and I like the idea and it gets better. Uh, it gets better as you get into it, but like at the beginning when she's introducing the characters, it almost reads like, you know, the babysitter clubs when they're like, this is Claudia and she's the Asian one who's not good at school and likes candy. This is, Stacey. that's kind of almost what it felt like. This mm-hmm. is the, this is the black girl who's 12 and has, is trans and is, you know, it, it's like, oh, okay. It's a little clunky, but the story is good. Like I said, it was 
heavier and a little bit darker than I was expecting it to be. Even from the description, I was like, oh, but darker in a way I wasn't expecting. Like I was expecting dark, like magic and there's something in the forest and like that sort of evil. I was not expecting abuse and trauma and loss of parents and you didn't expect loss of parents in a YA book (laughs) not quite the way they did it okay (laughs) it was just it was very interesting and um I liked it I would like to read more by her um I like that the protagonist is um a heavier girl which is not often seen a lot in fantasy books um but yeah it was it was Interesting, but like I said, don't read it unless you're prepared for um, a heavier read than it appears. (laughs) What about you, Sarah? What are you reading? Well, you may remember last episode I talked about a little bit about the Grimrose Girls, and but I had just barely begun it, and now I'm more like halfway through it. So yes, this is about a group of um, friends who all attend a boarding school called Grimrose, and One of the friends has died at the onset of this novel, and then the rest of the girls are trying to figure out what happened. Was it intentional? Was it murder? Was it an accident? And then, going through her belongings, they find this book of fairy tales that somehow connected to her death, to other deaths at the school, and to them as well. So it's a mystery. There's many characters. There's the boarding school. There's the murder. So it's got a lot of cool things going on. And uh, so far, I'm enjoying that one. Cool. So what are we talking about this week? It was Patty's turn to choose. So why don't you tell us about it, Patty? Our book this week is Rust in the Root by Justina Ireland. I'm going to read the publisher description. It is 1937, and Laura Ann Langston lives in an America divided between those who work the mystical arts and those who do not. Ever since the Great Rust, a catastrophic event that threw America into disarray, the country has been rebuilding for a better future. And everyone knows the future is industry and technology, otherwise known as mechomancy, not the traditional mystical arts. Laura disagrees. A talented young queer mage from Pennsylvania, Laura hopped a portal to New York City on her 17th birthday with hopes of earning her mage's license. Laura applies for a job with the Bureau of the Arcane's Conservation Corps, a branch of the U.S. government dedicated to repairing the damage caused by the Great Rust and meets the Skylark, a powerful mage with a mysterious past who reluctantly takes Laura on as an apprentice. But as they're set off on their first mission together, they discover evidence of mystical workings not encountered since the darkest period in America's past, when black mages were killed for their power, secrets that could threaten their lives and everything they've worked for. Justina Ireland, the visionary author of Dread Nation, returns with a spellbinding historical fantasy set at the crossroads of race and power in America. All right, let's do our cover talk. Well, <laughs> I think it has like a 30s vibe to it. Well, the art kind of looks art deco. It's very art deco in the back. Yeah, the, the it, I don't know if that's a windows. Maybe it's the entrance to the Bureau of the Arcane. I don't know, but yeah, it's got that, and it's got the vines growing from Laura because she can. That's what she does. She does floromancy, just flowers and vines, among and, other things. Well, among other things. <laughs> um, the beginning of the book, we know she's a floromancer. 
I, it's really pretty. It does. It reads very 1930s. I like it. And she's on it. Yes. In her. In her cape. Cape. Yeah. Would you buy that or not buy, but pick up the book based on the cover? I think I might. It's intriguing enough. I did. Yeah. Well, the cover and the author. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's got a good use of color. It's red and gold and green. Yeah. It's a pretty book. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. What did you think of the story? Uh, I liked it. I had a really hard time getting into it. It just like, I was listening to it and it moved sort of slowly and I was confused for a lot of it because I mentioned this at the end of the last episode, but the terms mechomancy and necromancy sound very similar in audio. Uh, so that would be a problem in like this book. <laughs> you get to a certain point and you're like, wait, I thought they were talking about necromancy because mechomancy isn't something you've necessarily heard of before, like necromancy. Right. So I spent a good portion like confused about what exactly they were talking about and what was bad and what wasn't bad. It was kind of all bad, but <laughs> <laughs> varying levels of bad, I guess, but. So it took me a while, and then once some of the character development happened and you met more characters, you learned about, like, uh, like the fox, and, like, she met some of the other students. They're going on a mission. Then it kind of picked up for me, and I really liked it and couldn't wait to find out what was going to happen. Okay. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, I liked it. I have read um, Justina Ireland's other book, um, Dread Nation, which I will say I enjoyed more than I enjoyed this one. I also listened to this book, but I think you listened to yours at a faster speed, and I listened to it at normal speed, so I didn't have a problem with the words as much. That could factor in. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and this deal, this book, I love her world building. I love the concept of like the fluoromancers and the, I can't remember all the terms, but the people that talk to animals and the ones that work with rocks and things. And mm -hmm. that was really cool. And I did not expect certain things like there to suddenly be unicorns in this world and things like that. But it also dealt with some really heavy topics, um, you know, systematic racism and things like that and uh, misogyny and things. So there were parts of it where I, because there are some lighthearted parts, like a talking unicorn, and then there's some really heavy parts, you know, like the persecution of black people for no reason kind of thing, just based on race. It, it was hard sometimes for me to, like, latch onto the tone of this book, if that makes sense. I could see that. I really, I, I think maybe I liked it from the jump the most like I I just liked it pretty much from yeah from the beginning I really like Laura as a character I like her voice I think her sassy kite slightly sarcastic um but still able to to see wonder in in things I just really liked her um so I I like that and I really one of the things I thought was really interesting about this is the darker stuff that they get into because I think it's an interesting way how Justina has taken this world and this magic and the things that happen in the real world have all still kind of happened, 
but for different, not different reasons, because at the heart of it, it's racism, but the racism exists like because they're, they're killing black people for their magic. And like the, and they talked about the, there was a throwaway line about the Tulsa. Maybe they could grow more in Oklahoma if they hadn't done that massacre in Tulsa and stuff. And so like, and how there are Howard Hughes is a person and airplanes are going to exist and like cars and all this stuff. And, and even I loved the explanation of diesel being death. And that's how it runs the mechomancy stuff because it's dead animals. But I thought that was really interesting and really unique how she did that. It's like, I think I agree. I really love her world building. I think it's really good. Um, I like this one slightly more than Dread Nation because there aren't any zombies in it. (laughs) (laughs) But like, also when they go into the blight and when they're in there, like, like Catherine said, once you get into that, like I, I had no idea. I want to finish this book because I was like, I need to know what happens. Yeah, it was really, even though you kind of know, like, it's very obvious from the jump. This mechomancy stuff is maybe not that great. Right, <laughs> but it's very sus. It is very sus. <laughs> um, so you, like, you kind of know. But it's, it's fun how they, like, watching the characters figure it out and get to the, yeah. yeah. I, I really liked that. There are definitely things that I would have loved to explore even more. Um, she mentions in this book a lot. She refers to her sister, Pigeon, but you never really see Pigeon. Yes. I would love to, you know, have seen more of that or if or she writes mother, a second or one. Any yeah. of her homes. Yeah. And even the Skylark, I feel like I would have loved to see more of that because Skylark every now and then talks about something that happened in her childhood, but I would have read even more about that. And I then, would love it if she would write more in, in this world. In the world, yeah. Mm-hmm. The part where she goes um, and picks out her clothes. Oh, I yes. just loved that whole yeah. scene. I was so into it, and I was, I was I like, wished I, I want more, to come back. more of yes. this. More of this. <laughs> this is a book that I would have been happy if it was 400 pages long. Like, I yeah. actually would have been happier if it were longer. Like, well, it, it's fine. It's perfect. But, like, yeah, I want more. <laughs> Speaking to that, the end wraps it up in a way where it could end, but I think uh, – author also left a lot of openings where maybe we will see more i really hope so because I, like i said i just really loved this world and i would love to read more written in it we'll see yeah. dread nation was a duology and i guess people have asked her if there's going to be more of that and she said no i'm sorry it's a duology that's it so i don't know if she has a strong opinion about this. That's it. I feel like I'm done here with all it alludes to so much more that's going to happen for Peregrine, like with the name thing. Yeah. It does feel like there's more set up for her. And then with what kind of happens at the end that I'm not going to get into because that'll spoil a lot. I feel like I just feel like there could be more. Oh, I agree. There could be more, but will the author feel like there could be more? I just feel like openings were left. Right. I don't know if they're going to decide to take those openings, but I really hope they do because I really want to know where the story wanna goes. Yeah, I want I not only want to know where the story goes. Uh, I'm interested in where um, Laura Peregrine. She gets the name Peregrine um, in the book. What what happens to her? I would love to know that. But yeah, I want more about the tailor and her 
girlfriend, I think, partner. No, it was her. I think I they were just assistant. That was her well, assistant. I, I thought she, it was a girlfriend. I think it's a girlfriend. They made a comment. I thought they were together. Skylark makes a comment about it, about them being together. Not in the scene with them, but later. Oh, okay. But I'm, anyway, I, I really thought they... I loved those two characters, and I was like, "Yes, I want more about them." I want. I would read a prequel about the Skylark. I. I just right. and the Grimalkin and the oh yes. Yeah, I, I like where the Grimalkin's character ended up. I don't want to spoil it. No, I know, but, but I, I liked that part, even though I'm not sure if I was supposed to. Right, but I did. I like it. I want to know what happens to her, though. Like, I'm like, oh well. I mean, <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's an interesting conundrum for what has happened to her and where she ends up. And I I, I do understand what you mean about tone. I really liked it because it never felt, even though it was dealing with some deep, dark stuff, it never felt too dark, which I liked. I liked that the humor in it keeps it, kept it more I liked it too because I felt like it kept it kind of more true to life because, I mean, if you look at a person's life, even though sometimes really bad things are happening. There are always moments that you can find in the darkness that bring you joy or laughter. Yeah, and Peregrine definitely seems like that kind of person that's always going to make like, the joke. and Make the joke, find the friends, have that connection. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. I think just for me as the reader, you know, I'm reading about um, the KKK and stuff, and that kind of puts me in a certain frame of mind, I guess. And then there'd be something that was very fanciful and like borderline humorous. I don't want to spoil anything by saying, yeah. but would, you know, suddenly appear and it was kind of like, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel right now. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that, that was, it's a, it's not a big complaint or anything. That's just, that's my reaction. And that was your it. reaction. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I do love that this world has both cars and like you said, Kind of sassy unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> the unicorns are just like, oh, don't talk to a unicorn, man. <laughs> They're demanding. Yeah. And some of the um, creatures that she described in The Blight were very unique, I think. Too. Oh, yeah. And like, she has a way of writing that is very um, evocative. Like, I can picture what it looks like to the point where I'm like, I would love to see this one or, or her other ones made into a movie or a TV show. Like I can see what those creatures would look like. I, I think it'd be really cool. She has a very great way of, of writing, very easy to imagine mm -hmm. scenes, even with like magical things and I just want to see, I want to see the dragon. There's a dragon in this book, guys. I love the dragon. <laughs> a baby dragon. A baby dragon. Um, I do. I love it. I love, like, I, like, I think it's interesting. Like, I think without giving too much away, what you're talking about is like, you have the KKK and then you have this weird thing that happens. And I, I found it very funny. The dragon's reaction to the KKK people without spoiling it right that's that's yeah the yeah. kind of thing i'm talking about I just, yeah. where i'm like wait what i really want dragons to exist so right <laughs> <laughs> it would make my day if that was true and also i thought it was hilarious like the little throwaway things about 
about like that Thomas Jefferson wrote a giant book on dragons. Mm-hmm. Like, like oh, of course he did. Right. Of course he did. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And yeah, I would. I also think it's very true to life that if magic were a thing, the government would be heavily involved oh, in regulating oh God, it. Yes. <laughs> of course they would. And so I, le- I appreciated that because that part, you know, does feel true yes. to life in quotes, you know. And I felt like also some of the, the bureaucracy parts that the Skylark dealt with also felt very true. I liked too. I love that we get the Skylark's perspective occasionally, like it jumps most of it's told from Laura, but you also get the Skylark's perspective. And I liked that too. I liked her chapters as well. I thought, I guess she's a really interesting character. And, um, but yeah, I, I kind of loved the adults. Like, you know, she's just like how the Skylark and the Kermalkin are looking at the guy who's like Onk, Onyx or whoever it is. is. Is that his name? Onyx. Yeah. Who's like being all kind of like blustery and wanting to be in charge because he's the man and the two women are like oh, of course he is. <sighs> it's just it felt very very real <laughs> you know that feeling you know that feeling <laughs> indeed so yeah i i thought the magic system was really cool like you said all the different kinds because that was what we were doing we picked a book about magic and I wanted something that had like an interesting newish kind of magic system. And I thought that was really cool. And I also love in the book when you're reading it, there are pictures. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And there are real pictures that Justina Ireland found from in the library of Congress on their online archives. And she has taken them. And the conceit is that they are pictures that Laura has taken and she has a little note about what each picture is, and they tie into what they are talking about in the book. But they're actual pictures of real people, which I think is really cool. And I would like to see them since I listened to the audio version. I was going to say, it's weird in the audio version because you'll get to like the end of a chapter or something, and then you just get the caption from a photo with no description. So you're like, where did that and you're sentence not sh- come from? You don't realize <laughs> yeah. it's necessarily the end of the chapter. <laughs> and then there's just a realize, random sentence. Yeah. And that you're would thinking, be, wait, what? That would be did really I, weird. Was I zoned out? Did I miss something? The other thing I like is threaded through it is um, reports from the Skylark about the actual things. So, and they're ac- in the book, they're in a different font and they look like a picture of yeah, it's report. like an image of a memo. It's an image of a memo, which is kind of cool. With the, and it's got like the paper clip and everything. So it's like you're looking at it in a in a like folder. A water glass stain. They maybe. did a better mm-hmm. job with that in the audiobook. Like you knew that's what was happening when they when they read that part. The voice was if she changed her voice a yeah. little and like you could definitely tell. Um, which I thought was cool. And then at the there's also and this is cause I listened to some of it, because I I do that and I switch back and forth. And I had to go find this part because there is a part kind of near the end that has these notes. It has a, it's a journal. Here it is. Oh, yeah. They find this journal um, without giving too much away about it, but the journal has important information. And in the book, it's the font is like 
this like old timey handwriting and it's actually kind of hard to read. Mm. I had to go listen. I found this part in the audiobook specifically so I could listen to it to make sure I had read everything correctly. Cause like the information you get in this is sort of crucial information. Right. And I thought it was a, and that's not, that's not the author. That's the publisher and the typesetter who chose this font that I'm like, I would have picked a slightly easier to read. Maybe font. a little larger. That a looks little, tiny. It, it's tiny and it's very cramped and it, it's very much like a, it's a script, you know? And so I was, there are oh, a couple. So modern teenagers probably can't read it. They can't read it, it at all. all. <laughs> it's not cursive. <laughs> it's not cursive. Oh, it is okay. not fully cursive. It looks a lot like my own handwriting. So oh. I'm like, I'm having no problem <laughs> reading this. No, I was, uh, I wasn't sure about, so I was like, oh. Okay. Like you can read it. It's read. It's legible. Like it's not impossible to read. But I did go find it on the audiobook just to make sure I'd gotten it correct. <laughs> that was the only moment that I was like, God dang it! Why is this so hard to read? <laughs> also, I'm old. My eyesight's going, so you know that might the young readers probably won't have any problem with that at all. Perhaps not. <laughs> Spoiler, guys! When you get old, your eyesight goes. I also liked, I sort of love that when you get into the real fantastical parts, like the the tr- the stuff that you truly, like with the dragon and stuff, the conceit is that her camera was taken by someone and so there aren't pictures anymore. <laughs> and I love that there's even like a little note, I would love to have pictures here, but my camera was taken and I... So, and then there's just descriptions of things she wishes she could take a picture of. And I, I love that they kept that conceit going without having to show the like truly fantastical stuff that did she get her camera read. back. Cause otherwise, how did she get her pictures off of it? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually, that just dawned on me. She magically developed them as she went. I don't know. No, the, I want to say at the very beginning in the Skylark's report that she took the pictures from, the, the, the pictures included in this report were from Lara's own camera. So maybe, maybe the Skylark had it. I don't know. Well, the fox is the one that takes it, Miss Fox. Oh, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember. So it doesn't disappear. She must get it back. So she gets it back because, you know. But yeah, I, I thought that was, I, it was very clever and it was like little things that threw in there that just make the book feel more real or special so and they're fun little things that you don't see in all the every book i really liked how the magic worked especially the floromancy with the seeds like i just so wish i could grab a handful of okra seeds and do something (laughs) it was so cool yes because i had i was looking in my like the remnants of my garden from last year i have some dried okra pods and I was like, oh, man, that would be so cool. You're like, I want to be able to do something with this. Imagine what you could do with a walnut. I know. I, yeah, I thought that was cool, too. I like that you can't make magic from nothing. You have to have something. Um, but the some things are like, live for her, is like living things, like seeds and pods. And I thought that was really cool. And I really liked, oh, um, oh I know what it was. I like that you can't make something for yourself. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I was like, I like that you, if you try to make, like, she can ravel a cake, you know, she can make a cake, but if she makes a cake for herself, There'll she gets some blowback and she gets yeah. something happen. Like, I just like that 
I think that concept is really cool. Well, it explains a lot about why people wouldn't just battle each other until they're all dead. Yeah. So yeah. You could be the strongest one or whatever. But with the not creating magic or whatever from nothing, I mean, that was cool to me too because it ties back to physics and I'm a science nerd. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> it was the conservation of energy. You, yeah. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. It, it, you can turn energy into other things, basically. And I just thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. It's like, like Sarah said, it's a really well thought out world. She does an excellent job world building. I love it. I mean, clearly, because I want to read like five more books in this world. And I appreciate um, her being such a careful author, too, to do a lot of historical research goes into this book and also the Dread Nation and the the follow up to that. So that you're I mean, of course, it's not accurate history because it's, you know, reimagined history with magical elements. But there is a lot of history in there. So if you're somebody who's into that, I don't think you'd be too disappointed to just have some magic added into it i liked it yeah, yeah. i mean i wish that was true life i want <laughs> i want magic to happen yes. i actually yeah i'm not a huge fan of historical fiction but i really like i really like it when there's magic thrown in <laughs> or i guess zombies i like Maybe. historical fiction so so this is even better for you because yeah. you get both fantasy it and ties fantasy and historical i like it all right perfect also, one other thing that I really did love, I love that when she's talking about New York City and how all of the skyscrapers were made with mechomancy and all, all the buildings are made with mechomancy except the Flatiron Building, which I thought was just a really fun throwaway for people who like publishing because like a lot of the publishers have their offices in the Flatiron. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, okay. That's cute. <laughs> and that's such a cool, cool building. So I love that she made that. That was the one that was made by elementalists. I like that. It's just one of those things. <laughs> so do we have read-alikes? Does anybody have a read-alike? Is someone like this book something else you would recommend? I mean, clearly, Dread Nation and A Deathless Divide. Right. I kind of struggled with picking a good one for it. But I started thinking about the Gilded Ones by Namina Forna. And it's actually a book Sarah had talked about last year. But it has some similar elements, but it doesn't have the historical America setting. It is kind of a historical setting, but not, I don't know. I can't remember now if you can pinpoint an exact location for it. Um, But then I also looked on one of our digital databases called Novelist to see what they would recommend. And I think one of them was something you had read, Patty, uh, the this Poison Heart by Kaylin Bayron. Oh yeah, it would. I could kind of see that, but the because the main character in that one has uh, supernatural powers over plants. Yeah, the powers are the same, and it's a black protagonist. That one doesn't have the historical element. It's mm-hmm. it, it's really a um, kind of a secret garden ish retelling, kind of if you stretch it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking The Diviners by Libba Bray, which is set I, in the 20s and it's got that funny. magic. I thought and, about that one the whole time I was reading it and then <laughs> when I was writing my notes, lost it. <laughs> no. Of course. Because um, that's got, it's set in the 20s, it's mm-hmm. got magic and creepiness and a mystery and uh, a big cast. I like that it's got a large cast of like 
and it's a diverse cast of characters. I, so I think if you liked this one, you might like the diviners. I will say it is long. <laughs> and it is a series and all and the it books is a are series. long. All the books are long. <laughs> I liked it though. But yeah, if you like it, you're like, yes, this book is long and I can like sink into it. But yeah. But Novelist had one other one, um, Daughters of Jubilation by Kara Lee Corthron. And it takes place in the Jim Crow South where white supremacy reigns and the main character has magical abilities as well. So that one sounded like it might be a good read-alike. I can't really talk to it much because I obviously didn't read it. Okay. Sarah, did you have any? Yeah, I would um, suggest Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children because just like this one, it starts, I think the author started with historical photographs yeah. And kind of wrote a story around them to sort of uh, incorporate and explain what these pictures might be about. And that one also has um, some fantasy elements, kind of magic elements about a bunch of uh, orphans who are living on an island. And maybe they're there for their safety or maybe they're there for the safety of the rest of the world because they can do some unusual things. So that one, and that, that's also a series. I only read the first one, but... Um, I, th- I believe there's at least a couple more after that. And, and then it oh. ties to the peregrine. Yeah, because that's there's right. A, there there's is a, a peregrine. There is a but there is, there is a bird element in it. That's so right. I'm I didn't like, even think of that. But Magical you're right. birds. Oh, I was going to ask you guys before I get to my next read, like, what would your bird name be? What would you want it to be? Because a lot of the characters in this, not all of them, but are named for birds. Oh, man, put me on the spot. <laughs> I was like, like, I don't know. I want mine to be something cool, but it'd probably be like goose. <laughs> like, <laughs> like duck. <laughs> Just duck? <laughs> Just duck. <laughs> Not even like mallard duck? <laughs> no, it'd be very confusing. People would be like, duck. I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I want it to be a bird of prey, but I don't know. Harris Hawk. Is that what you would be? I have you know. have you put thought into this? What is yours, Sarah? I don't know. I I probably just want to be the crow because they're smart. Crows are really cool. I was thinking raven. Yeah. Something to do with a raven, but also cool. I don't know. Could I be a blue jay? I'd, I'd be a blue jay. I mean, you sound depressed about it, but of course you can be a blue <laughs> no. thing. No, I was just thinking sassy and mean. That's, that's oh. <laughs> loud and squawky. Loud and squawky. That's me. Yeah, chickadee. Like a few peanuts, do you? <laughs> I just like chickadees, but you I don't want to be a chickadee. Oh, it's like you come near my home and I will mess you up. Chickadee dee dee. All right. Could be a thrasher. Ooh, the brown thrasher. No. Well, blue jay. Loud, squawky, and the mean. Scarlet Tanager. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't it's a I bird. Know, I don't think I know enough birds to do this exercise. All right. Well, I did find out that um, Justina Ireland has another new book that's coming out in just a matter of days now. and But she's co-written this one with Tessa Grattan, and it's called Chaos and Flame. And... It also appears to be a fantasy, so perhaps if you guys are interested in fantasy novels and you like um, Justina Ireland's writing, maybe check out Chaos and Flame. I'm so excited about that one. 
The cover looks really cool. Yeah. I put it on hold just to look at it. <laughs> I just, I really, I think I can safely say now that I just like Justina Ireland as a writer. Yeah. Um, and so I will read, you know, whatever she write, wants to write, I will read it. I actually want to read, she has a couple of um, Star Wars I heard that. And Books. I know you like Star Wars. Yeah, right. you would so like that. I need to read those as well. Because I think that, that could be fun. See what she did with that world. Now that we heard those great read-alikes, Sarah, what are we reading for next time? All right. So next time is our April Fool's episode. So I was charged with finding a book that had a little humor to it. So I have chosen When We Were Magic, written by Sarah Gailey, and it's about six uh, high school seniors who are good friends, and they also happen to have magical powers. So if you like magic, keep up the magic with uh, our next pick as well. And this book starts with um, somebody's demise, and it's dealing with these six friends as they try to figure out uh, how to handle the aftermath of this death. So I, I, <laughs> I picked this book up yesterday and read like the first couple of pages. Right. <laughs> I did the same thing and I was like, what did Sarah pick? I laughed so hard, but I'm not sure if I laughed because it's actually funny or if I just have a morbid sense of humor or I was just like, oh my God, what are we reading? Right. <laughs> Well, we'll right. get more into that um, next time. Yeah, but like I am I am definitely intrigued. It definitely has a explosive opening. <laughs> <laughs> it does indeed, yeah. <laughs> and uh got me hooked from the I'm like, yeah, I wanna read I wanna read this book. <laughs> oh good. This has been another episode of Spill It by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Sarah. I'm Catherine. I'm Patty. And we want you to join us next time when we spill the tea on the book When We Were Magic. Remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.